otherwise we should be good. There we go. I could sit here Dude. and try to be fancy and like and do producing it. And I'm just gonna actually put Loisos as the front and center image on the. Just look at his beard. He's ready for that screen test, Justin. Just look at that thing. I mean, no, yeah, 100. Yeah, I, nothing I can do can match anything he's doing right now. So I, whatever. I mean, you shaved, so you got a new look. The wife redid my hair to a, a deep blood red, but nothing we can do can match that facial hair of D'Artagnan, the welcome, new musketeer. Welcome to Dan. Dan's over in the chat, re ready to uh, ready to moderate. Oh, yes, Pod Daddy. There he is. Hello, Dan. Ready um, to Nick, also troll Justin, I'm sure. Nick, may you provide me the link to the to the Twitch? Uh, it's twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys. I'll put it in the chat here in just a second. Actually, uh, check, I got check, it. check, check, check. I think we should be probably okay there because now, like, I'm, I'm watching my levels in OBS and they don't look terrible there. Uh, Justin, Loisos, make noises. Noises, loud noises. Good God! Check, 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 check. Uh, keep making noises, guys. Keep making noises. Uh, la 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 la. Meow meow. Meow 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 Jesus God, we're stupid. Oh my God, heaven. This is why we got to start testing ahead of time, so that way we can be ready for live stream for the cure, baby. What? What? I think it should be okay there. I'm gonna. Where is? I got too many windows open. It's good now. Meow, 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 meow. Justin ruined it. Thank you, Loisos. Sorry, I'm trying to remember. Okay. It's not like you watched. Eight of those films recently. He doesn't recently, remember in like one thing about it. A year ago? A year ago? Over a year ago? That Actually, was a long yeah. time ago. <laughs> it, was a, it was a while ago. <laughs> he doesn't remember a single solitary thing about him. He probably doesn't even remember the name of the wizard in him. Which wizard? <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's. I know there's a wizard. I don't know. Well, yes, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. You're Harry a wizard, Potter. Justin. I know that I hate that little elf fucking thing, and if I could get a chance, I'd kick it in the fucking face. Hey, don't bury the lead on the Masters of the Universe review. No, no, that Dobby. Yeah, that's that, that's its name. Brian was very thoroughly upset when I explained that I wish that I could strangle that thing to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. So, yeah, so welcome Twitch audience. Welcome uh, live audience coming in to enjoy. EFG live as we're kind of crafting and we're getting everything ready. We're making sure everything is ready for live stream for the cure. And it's going to be one of those kind of fun, adventurous kind of things where I'm going to be tweaking settings as we go, making sure everything works properly. I'm not dropping any frames. So that's a good sign. Uh, the sauce is on there. On where? On the, on the screen. You're just, you're, oh. you're, you're there. We have you, we have you. Yes. It's the sauce. I have it. There we go. Okay. And how did, let me know, uh, sound level wise, I think Dan said the sound levels are good. Video should be good because we're broadcasting around 720p. We're not broadcasting at Dolby Vision. Sorry, everybody out there that's uh, probably wishing that we were. Brad from the Cinema Guys says the cure for a live stream. <laughs> Oh God, yeah. This is how this is how we do. Speaking of live stream for the cure, uh, Justin, I didn't get a chance to tell you, but uh, Dylan got back to me today, so he's gonna have the store done ASAP. So shirts will be available ASAP. So shirts are coming. That's good news. Uh, Gerald die. Sound levels are good, except I can hear Nick's voice. <sighs> The savagery, the pure, unbridled savagery. Bitches can't get enough of my stuff. That's what I think about you, Gerald. So yeah, we are we we're live. We got we got Masters of the Universe hashtag Canon Quarantine rolls on. 
Hashtag Canon Quarantine continues. Uh, if you're if you're not familiar with our hashtag Canon Quarantine series, ladies and gentlemen, we're reviewing Canon films as long as we're quarantined due to the coronavirus. So that's a thing. It's fun. It's wonderful. It's amazing. You should watch along with us. Uh, it actually warmed my heart with longtime supporter Corey Wade last week. Our review of Avenging Force actually inspired him to watch the movie. And uh, I'm pretty sure he had already seen it, but he wanted to revisit it. And he used the hashtag Canon Quarantine on Instagram, which really made me happy. I'm like, yeah, this is this is a thing. This should be a lot bigger of a thing, considering so many people enjoy Canon movies. But if you're listening to these episodes and you're enjoying them, make sure you follow along and watch the movies as well and enjoy them along with us. The tricky thing is to make sure and I, I made sure to start doing that now to make sure that we can actually find them, because I had to eliminate three films from the list that you just literally cannot find anywhere. So that's a thing, apparently. So I mean, there's a shitload of movies, Nick, that Canon made that have never even received. I mean, most of them all have VHS releases, but unless you have a VCR handy, you're probably not going to have the opportunity to watch those. So a lot of them aren't even on digital DVD, even let alone Blu-ray or Dolby Vision. Actually, I don't God. think there's a single Canon movie 4K that has Dolby Ultra Vision. HD. There's not a single Canon movie that has a 4K release, as far as I know. But um, Son of a bitch. Yeah, that's that's a thing. So it is difficult, but we're making way with, with the best that we have available to us so far. I've been really happy with the titles we've been discussing. Um, Nick, you haven't found one single movie that you've outright purely hated in any way yet? I mean, Invaders I'm surprised. I mean, Invaders from Mars is like... I don't even... <sighs> <laughs> was there anything redeemable about that movie? I that one so. scene with the pool noodles, like where they're throwing those like silly string pool noodles in from the side, those side of the one shot when they're attacking the giant meatball things. That was kind of the giant meatball things. <laughs> that was kind of glorious. I kind of, I was, I was all about that. I was kind of in love with that shot. I mean, that wasn't like any kind of technical achievement or marvel of filmmaking or anything that was just so hilariously bad that i was literally laughing for five straight minutes i mean i got that level of enjoyment out of it i guess uh bitch are you for real bitch you know i don't wear no cotton draws <laughs> uh -oh, someone watched dolomite you can head over to our to our feed right now that just released today my uh my my, my review of of dolomite with director Brennick from Netflix and Swill. My first time ever watching Dolomite. That was, holy fuck, that was a treat. That was an absolute treat. Oh, I'm so glad. Dear God in heaven. What a legend, Rudy Ray Morris. I'm really still trying to understand some of the things that happened in that movie, but, I mean, it's best not to... Loisos has alcohol, Justin. Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. I'm back. Puke and rally. We got to get it out of him now because he's got the alcohol right now. He went to the alcohol store, apparently, where <laughs> he stole his or he mom's stole one beer, of his mom's whichever. IPAs. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I actually again? went and bought I went and bought beer. Wow. So well, look at him. Us, we, we have to know then. What are you what are you sucking into your D'Artagnan hole? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm bad. At, I'm bad at this. We don't do the segment anymore, so I'm bad at it. I was I always bad just, at it, to be fair. I think you did just fine, Nick. So I'm drinking a, a Port City Star Sailor White India Pale Ale brewed with spices. Ooh. Here, here's, here's the label. Ooh, Port it's got a little spaceman on there. That's right. Uh, Port City is a brewery located in Alexandria, Virginia, so fairly local. And... Um, it's good, and I like it. <laughs> just to confirm, Listen ladies to and gentlemen, detail. you're all good. You're all good with just a straight shot of the sauce this entire time for the stream, right? Everybody just wants to see that D'Artagnan beard. No one wants to look at me. No one wants to look at Justin. Well, okay, well, there's one quick shot of Justin. He just floofed up his hair there. You got a you got a quick shot of Justin, and then back to the sauce. Now he's now he's stroking his beard. I mean, you guys are you guys in the chat? You guys are in agreement. He's never allowed to shave ever. He looks wait, wait. too let's, suave let's and sexy we, and sophisticated now. Let's see if we can get some a, uh, ASMR going. <laughs> see, now, you had been complaining the last couple weeks about it being scratchy. 
itching. How is that going now? Are you over that at this point? <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 getting it's getting I'm getting used to it, um, so to speak. Again, I'm not planning on touching it. As long as we're doing canon quarantine, I do not plan on shaving or cutting my hair. So no, we'll see. No, as long as you continue to live and exist on the planet Earth, <laughs> you don't plan on shaving it or cutting your hair. Well, we'll, see, we'll see. We'll see how it looks. We'll see how uh, I respond to it. I cannot promise that I will never shave ever again because uh, I don't want to end up looking like the hopester. But... We don't no, look nearly no, no. like disheveled and homeless enough for that. I mean, you have to like you'd have to be wearing clothes with like tatters in them, and you'd have to just stink of booze so much that you can see it from like well, people look at you from across the street and they can just see the vodka like oozing out of your pores, leaking out of my skin. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. That's true. Although, um, I mean, who knows how things are going to look by the end of the. Uh, by the end of all this, you might end up looking like a mid '90s Johnny Depp if you keep growing your hair like that, man. I'm well, telling you, the ladies are going to be lining the well, the ladies <laughs> and the men are going to be lining the fuck up for this. Get in line right now, ladies and gentlemen. Start the line around the fucking block. You're going to be waiting a while. Yeah, okay, we'll see about that. You'll be waiting a while anyway because that line's going to be millions <laughs> of people long. The line's going to start in Virginia where he lives, and it's going to stretch all the way to fucking Alabama. Just look at him. Look at him, ladies and gentlemen. Look, look at, at him. him. All right. Can we can we move on from this, please? All <sighs> right. So, Fine. boys, um, over the weekend, you and I watched something. Uh, I did a quick Wait a unboxing Wait video. A Wait a minute. Justin, I didn't ask you what you're drinking yet. Oh, because you already know I'm drinking the most boring fucking thing in the world that I drink every other week on this show. I'm drinking a vodka and, and LaCroix. LaCroix. Oh. We'll see. LaCroix. I didn't know. LaCroix. I didn't know if you had cracked because you mentioned before we started recording that you still had another crawler of a triple IPA that you had over the weekend. I didn't know if you had cracked um, into that or if you had decided to be a good boy. Well, I like to drink beer on the weekends, like on Sundays, usually like where I can just like sit outside and day drink on my porch by myself and listen to music or whatever. I don't like drinking beer late at night because then I definitely feel that shit sitting in my gut and then I can't sleep very well. But yesterday I did. I did. I drove out to downtown Crown again, which is in Gaithersburg, Maryland. It's a nice little drive. Jam out to some tunes. And I picked up two crowlers of some other half beers. Yesterday I had the Triple Idaho 7 Daydream, um, which is an oat triple IPA. Um, let's see. What else is, that, is there about it? Is there anything else about this beer that I can tell you? Uh, da, 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 um, the same base as their Triple Citra, but with their new favorite hops. And super pineapple is what it says. And at this point, I'll be completely honest with you, Nick. I'm sure you'd be able to tell me better how a beer tastes than I'd be able to tell you myself. There's a weird thing going on with my palate where everything kind of tastes very similar. So that beer tasted good. It was extremely smooth. And for a triple, it was only like 10.5% ABV. Uh, very enjoyable, but it was a crowler and I drank it all to myself. So, yeah, it was enjoyable. That other crowler is going to stay in the fridge, most likely. I'm hyped the fuck up, man. I actually, I, I drank some Death Wish coffee out of my Keurig, your favorite thing in the entire world, before we started this podcast stream. So I did it just for you. I've done a lot of things for you lately. Keurigs. I fucking hate Keurigs so much. So, Listen, so, so good. I usually much. use a French press. I usually use a French press. But I don't usually make my own coffee at home because I buy Starbucks every day. So, but you are it. drinking something coffee, else. The coffee that it makes, it's just it's not strong enough. It's just it's just not strong enough. It's either does the trick for me. It's either whomever whomever makes you know whomever packs the K cup. There's just the the grounds aren't fine enough in it or. My biggest problem, I think, with Keurig is that it doesn't steep in the coffee long enough. It doesn't. The water doesn't steep in there long enough. No, you're right. It, I, I, really I agree with there. that. 
Because because I whenever I make my coffee in a French press, I always let that shit sit for like 15, 20 minutes. You're, apparently, you're only supposed to make it sit for like maybe five to ten, depending on how you like your coffee. I like to let it sit a lot longer than that. Well, French press, but, you're also getting all the oils and stuff from the coffee beans that you wouldn't normally get in like an auto drip or a Keurig or anything like that. You're getting all those oil from all the beans and whatnot. So it's a little bit of a different uh, it's a little bit of a different kind of thing, but. Yeah, it's just the it's just like I like like of course I I nobody here will understand what it means, but I mean I grew up drinking coffee with Killer Bob Rowe, so you know he was the he's the kind of guy that you know when he made a, a pot of coffee he would get like that big giant can of coffee that he bought at whatever cheap store and he'd fill that fucking filter up literally to the top with coffee grounds. So I acquired a taste for very strong, very very very. But you know, I have to know though. It, was it Folgers? Coffee. Was it Folgers? No, it wasn't even Folgers. It was like some store brand. It was like whatever store brand it was. Because that's that's how I grew up. I mean, people give, you know, quality coffee is what it's all about. I get <sighs> it. I'm a coffee snob in some respect, but I grew up with my grandparents. All they did was drink Folgers, and that's that that was my go-to coffee. But um, when, I, when, I, when coff- I drank coffee when I was younger, <laughs> I drank a lot of Folgers. The only thing I ever hated drinking, I hate drinking... Um, maxwell house i can't stand it it has this aftertaste to it that like it's just some weird like i can't describe it but it's disgusting it's you know what's weird city maybe you it's and weird. i we like used to go to starbucks acidic. all the time together when we worked together but i've never seen loisos ever drink a coffee he claims that he drinks coffee but every single time we've gone on like any kind of trip anywhere any kind of event like the mahoning or any kind of movie related thing I always get a coffee before we go, and I ask him if he wants one. He always says no. So. Well, usually it's because, I mean, I have been known to drink coffee, but I rarely, like, make myself coffee. Like, if someone's making a pot of coffee and they ask me if they if I want some, I will usually partake. Um, but I don't drink too much of it because it doesn't make my stomach feel very good. I'm more of a tea person anyway, so. Uh, I like a yeah. good tea. Fuck it. Yeah. I'm all about tea as well. But getting back on track, though, Nick, I saw you sipping something into your sweat hole that's going to hang out in your belly for the rest of this episode. What do you got guzzling down your gullet this evening, sir? Uh, well, I have. So I, I went and I, I splurged some more at the at the local at the local liquor store. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm expanding out my bourbon collection. So this is Jefferson's Ocean Aged at Sea. So this is bourbon that's aged oh, what the uh, in fuck? small batches. That's aged out on a boat somewhere. I don't even know, uh, but it is. <laughs> so, 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 let me tell okay, you. It so is, that makes it like a hundred dollars. No, it wasn't a hundred dollars. Fuck. Um, it, it is remarkably. remarkably it was ninety dollars, Justin. Yeah, it was ninety-seven, <laughs> Justin. Jesus. No, it, it's remarkably, remarkably smooth. I'm gonna switch over to my just like normal bullet that I have after I have another glass or so of it because I don't want to drink too much of it too fast or anything like that it's good bourbon so i want to make sure i stretch it out and save it it's very very good it's it's just very very smooth so i would recommend it to anybody that really really enjoys a nice nice smooth glass of bourbon that you can enjoy neat you don't need to put ice in it you don't need to put water in it or anything like that to really really enjoy it but uh justin i also did since we're talking about booze i was on uh, randomly randomly just on twitter earlier and i saw upstate brewing Upstate Brewing posted on there that they were doing a whole bunch of can releases on Wednesday. Ooh. And are you going? Are you one going? One of my favorite beers. Well, one of my favorite beers that they always do is that, well, like the 2016 ale, 2017 ale, 2018 yeah. ale. Like that Very series ale. where they do that one with the local honey and everything. So mm-hmm. as soon as I saw that was one of them, I immediately went online and ordered four four packs of it. And I'm going to drive out on Wednesday and go pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> totally fucking worth it, dude. Totally fucking Absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it. Uh, when I looked at the price point, I was just like, yeah, that sounds about right for that. It was like 75 bucks. But I mean, it's... Well, that and you're and even even though it's not close to you, you're supporting a locally owned business in Horseheads. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's they're something a great that's, brewery. I, and you know what? The, I haven't been there and I haven't gotten beer from there in got a long time it's been a long time i can't remember Two the years? last time to be because last time you went you saved yeah. me a can i think yeah. probably 2018 so i'm really really happy to be supporting them again it's really really amazing and and yeah i'm gonna drive out wednesday and pick those up so i'll have one of those on the show next week and i will i will regale you with uh with with stories about how delicious it is because that series they always knock it out of the park it's always amazing 
And, you know, they're playing around with a couple of the different hops that they used in it again, like they usually do. But anyway, uh, that's that's booze. That's alcohol. Uh, chat, if you guys are drinking anything, let us know what you're uh, what it, let us know what you're kicking back over there in the chat. And uh, of course, if, if nobody else, uh, I don't know if Justin and Lois saw because I don't know if they're watching on the Twitch, but we are, ladies and gentlemen, the movie podcast your mother warned you about. <laughs> it's right there. It's true. So. Yeah, that's a thing. But yeah, you guys were you were, you were going to talk about uh, a documentary or something you watched. That is correct, Voice Us. Why don't you tell our listeners what I'm referring to? So it's a, um, a documentary called In Search of Darkness, A Journey into Iconic 80s Horror, directed by David A. Wiener. Um, or Weiner. Is it Wiener or Weiner? I am not certain. I think for it's his Weiner, benefit, actually. Make it, make it Wiener. Make it Wiener for his benefit. <laughs> it's the Epic Film Guys podcast. Yeah, but I think Wiener it's Wiener. Wiener in that case. Okay, but is Wiener spelled W-I-E-N-E-R? It could or... be W-I-E, and it could be W-E-I. Okay. It's fucking Wiener. Just move along here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure I get it right. Um, anyway, <laughs> it is a... Is it is it five hours, Justin? A five-hour... I'm pretty sure it's four, four and a half hours around there. It's almost five hours. Essentially, it's a crash, a crash course into the decade of horror in the 1980s, a defining decade in horror movie history, certainly. And it assembles a whole mess of people who are influences in the making of the films, fans, uh, actors and actresses. And they're, they're interviewed and they talk about... Uh, the making of these films in, in certain aspects, the influence of these films, the impact that they had. And um, it goes year by year. So every year of the 80s, there's um, time dedicated to the films released that year, although maybe not enough time. Justin, a would you agree a, a with that? A, yeah, a certain number of films. Here's the thing. This thing's already super overly long as it is. However, you really can't crunch the best decade of horror into any time frame at all. Like literally, like I feel like you could have cut this documentary into two parts and it would have been perfect. Um, the pacing is a little bit weird at times, the way that it jumps around and stuff. And obviously they're only going to be able to select so many films. So not every single movie that you would think should get the attention it deserves is featured. And I think one of the, things that bothered me about that so much is the way that it introduces each film they're about to talk about is it scans over a bunch of different movie posters. And then when it does so, you're like, oh, oh my God, they're going to talk about that movie. And they're like, oh no, they're going to talk about a movie I already know everything about, which seems well, to see, be the case, the which seems to be the case almost the entire documentary. Well, here, see, here's the thing, Justin. I mean, you know pretty much everything there is to know about horror movies. So is it especially 80s horror movies. So, and you've seen pretty much everything too. So was this documentary, do you think this was made for you? Do you think it was made for hardcore fans? Or do you think it was made for people who are looking for maybe like an education or a crash course into, uh, into 80s horror? Well, I mean, I think it's for both. I mean, I still enjoyed it uh, on a surface level. They have people in there like Mick Garris, who I love his podcast. I always love hearing him talk. They got, you know, Joe Dante in there of all people. You got Larry Cohen in there who he, God rest his soul. He's so fun to hear talk like about whatever subject it could be. He's so entertaining. Um, and Ryan Turek, who's a gigantic hardcore expert and horror fan, uh, Blumhouse producer that is. And I mean, there are some questionable people that they included. Like they included people who no offense to us. Cause I, I, I think very highly of us, very highly of us, but they, they, they included some people that I think are actually on the same caliber as we are, as far as being, you know, film experts, movie critics and such. And I'm like, I don't know how you got involved with this. I don't know whose dick you suck to be in this documentary, but some people were a little bit annoying to me. Um, I didn't feel like they're worthy of me having to listen to them talk about these movies because I'm like, who are you? Like, I've never even heard of you before. Um, and maybe that's just me being well, slightly egotistical in my own way, but I'm like, I already yes, know I all the stuff exactly you're talking about, but 
Am I, am, honestly, is this is it, is this me being mad that they didn't ask me to be a part of it? Is that it? I, I think that's exactly what it is. No, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I understand where you're coming from because be, because the documentary is so long and it's trying to cover so much ground. There are so many interviews that they easily could have just snipped right out of the movie, and and hardly anything would be lost. Um, I think they were trying to get a wide variety of people, including fans and people who are more casual. Uh, not necessarily more casual, but people who weren't directly involved with the making of the films have their voice and have their um, piece as well. Uh, and, th- uh, you know, their opinions are just as valid as, as ours are. They're, they Of course they may, are, 100%. But, but to your point, does that really, does that really belong? I guess well, it depends upon the viewer. I mean, here's the thing. Here's what I want to know. Ultimately, the movie, the, the movie is like the documentary is kind of like a love letter to. Oh, 100 uh, percent. You got to yeah, squirt I that mean, freely. You, they got some big names in there. What I want to know is, did they spend the majority of their budget on getting John Carpenter to talk to them for 20 fucking minutes? Because he barely says anything at all. But John Carpenter, the master of horror, probably the man that's most responsible for everything that happened in the 80s due to Halloween is in there and he's not being grumpy old man during this. He seems like he's actually somewhat focused in his interviews and stuff. I mean, he doesn't say much. Everything he says, we've already heard in other commentaries or interviews that he's done. Uh, but I was like, wow, everything okay. he says, everything he says, you've already heard in interviews and commentaries. Well, here's the thing. It's very much like if you've, you, you and I recently discussed the Cursed Films Shutter series very briefly. I didn't talk about it in depth on the show, but you had mentioned to me when you watched their Exorcist episode that you were a little bit let down. Why was that? I, I think it was a l- little bit unfocused. Because you already fucking knew everything they were saying in the episode. That's a well, huge well, part that, of it. That that too. Uh, so, it didn't necessarily cover new ground. and And I got the same... I felt the same from this this documentary where, okay, like it's a very, in many ways, it's a very surface level kind yes. of, um, I mean, it's basically your tour guide through the different movies of the 80s, which is uh, dif- the different horror movies of the 80s, which is perfectly fine. It's entertaining. You're, you're, you're getting to see, you know, Tom Atkins is interviewed. The legend himself, Tom Atkins, is interviewed. So Yes, that was uh, honestly my favorite part about it. The fact that they included him in... So many of his anecdotes are hilarious. I mean, that man is a fucking prize. And I, I have to say this to you on the air. I apologize. I feel so bad for you because you were supposed to meet him in March. And it is a real treat to meet the amazing legendary Tom Atkins. And due to you know the COVID-19, Monster Mania was canceled. You were refunded. But I'm telling you right now, when all this shit is over with, I hope things can get back to a normal situation where you're able to meet him because he is you have to meet this man but um to answer your question and and kind of wrap this up with this thing i'm glad that i supported this i personally i purchased the elvira special edition of this documentary which i guess added uh additional commentary from cassandra peterson false fucking advertising though false fucking advertising it's not elvira talking it's just cassandra fucking peterson you put elvira on the front cover she's on the poster that came with it not elvira dude i want to see boobies i want to see elvira boobies even if they're like 65 year old boobies if you're gonna have her on there look her 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 look amazing amazing. listen she looks amazing she's awesome i fucking love elvira so so much um but to answer your question for the price point that this was, for you to have to receive this, you had to either be a backer of the documentary or you had to pay basically like $50 to receive the Blu-ray, which came with some cool posters and stuff. So I don't think it's for a casual fan. I think that they were targeting it towards hardcore horror fans because at that price point, the casual Joe Schmo, like what if Nick in some strange way could ever possibly be interested in 80s horror? He ain't going to spend that kind of money on that. Especially, he, well, and he's not going to spend the time either because it is over four hours long. Exactly, like nearly f- exactly. So you know that it was made for fans. And, I could watch you know, even just like four times in that time. 
even just a shout out to my boy Jeremy Todd Moorhead, who's like again the biggest horror guy that I know. He watched it, yeah. was slightly disappointed by it, you know, because it was really hyped. And also, the In Search of the Last Action Heroes, which this is semi connected to in some way, this is part of their In Search of series. That documentary, though it had nowhere near the caliber of guests included, was amazing, like a super fun watch, and only like an hour and forty five minutes too. So. So overall, I think they could have cut this way down and tried to focus it a little bit more. I think they, they aimed a little bit too high in terms of, okay, we're going to cover every single year of the decade, um, and not enough time is given to each of the movies. It is extremely awkward how it lurches from one to the other, um, and, and clunky in that they'll start talking about a movie, you'll start getting interested, McClunky? and then they'll, they'll move on to... McClunky, no. Um, and then they'll move on to... <laughs> Then they'll move on to another. Um, and there's no transition, really. They just s- stop talking about one movie and then start on another. And it's often very awkward to watch. Um, I recently watched um, through, uh, on Shudder, they have the series Eli Roth's History of Horror, um, which is easily the best thing that Eli Roth has ever done in his entire life. It's but better than any movie he's ever made. Correct. Hands down. Correct. So <laughs> that, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, so... That series I thought was an infinitely more interesting, entertaining. Um, it, it was much better paced than than this was. Um, this certainly was a labor of love. I appreciate how many people they assembled to be a part of it, uh, and I, you know, so I have a certain affinity or fondness for it. Um, but it was a little bit of a letdown, and I also am wondering what the connection is with um, In Search of the Last Action Hero, because that movie was written and directed by uh, uh, Oliver Harper, a filmmaker that I respect, Oliver Harper, who does fantastic retrospectives and reviews on his YouTube channel. He made that movie, and I was hoping that he would have something to do with this movie, but I didn't see his name anywhere listed in the credits. And that'll that'll lead me to, to have, you know, some questionable doubts about the in search of tomorrow, which they're heavily promoting in, in the package that came with it. And that's going to be all about 80 science fiction, um, which I'm definitely going to still back it. I'm still going to pay the money to back it. And I think that us as fans, us as cinephiles, we have expectations about these things, but I think we need to support them because they are doing it for us. They're making this, they're, 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 they're speaking our words with these documentaries. They're showing the love that we feel for these movies and passionately. So I appreciate the documentary. I'm glad that I own it. I'm glad that I backed it. Is Are there other things that are better? Sure. I've seen other documentaries that are better, but um, overall still good, still enjoyable, and still recommend watching it at least once. But um, yeah, there, there it is. This week in epic film history. John Singleton is, he is definitely a pioneer and trailblazer. Um, Nick, as you were mentioning, you know, uh, Boys in the Hood was huge. Uh, and he became the youngest director, period, nominated for Best Director. But then also he was the first African-American directed or uh, nominated for Best Director from the Academy. So, you know, he that's that's a part of his claim to fame in terms of Boys in the Hood. Um, but I think one thing that, uh, as I was, you know, just thinking about him and his films, he had this ability to tap into the rawness and yet realness of, you know, just humanity. And you see that in Boys in the Hood. Um, you're able to see that in Rosewood, which was a film that is tough to watch. Um, it's kind of like right there post-slavery, but um, just the topics and things that it dealt with. uh, You know, I think another thing that he did really well as a director was his casting. So, you know, when you look at like Poetic Justice, which is kind of like a cult classic, you know, you had Janet Jackson and uh, Tupac was was in it. Um, With Baby Boy, he had Tyrese and uh, Taraji P. Henson, which now you look at them and like, they're huge stars, you know, uh, casting Ice Cube and Boys in the Hood, Cuba Gooden Jr. Like his casting was always like, it was kind of like one of those things that's from left field, but he, 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 he was able to see something in these actors that really allowed that raw and real 
uh, storytelling to kind of come out. So for, for us to lose John, you know, one, he was super young. And so from what I've heard is that uh, he, he got the stroke, but it was also due to hypertension. And that's something that at least in the black community and, you know, black men, it, you know, really strikes us um, harder than other, you know, ethnicities. And so it's, it's really sad, you know, just like uh, uh, Justin was saying earlier with Luke Perry, you know, having the stroke. And then now John Singleton, you know, again, it's like one of those things where uh, we got to look at our health. But, you know, just to kind of wrap out here, um, he, he definitely is a huge influence for a lot of black filmmakers. And I think the way that he was able to tell black stories in such a real and authentic way, it might not be like, you know, the the life that you lived. It wasn't the life for me because I grew up in the suburbs, but yet there was this realness and authenticity uh, to what he did bring uh, to the big screen that like was universal, yet at the same time was, you know, very narrow in its storytelling. Three years from now, we're going to be doing live stream for The Cure at halftime with the Super Bowl, probably, right? Yeah, dude. I think definitely. that's our trajectory. That's a that's an eager, I'll, easy I'll goal probably, to aim for. I'll probably be way too wasted, though probably be too drunk with whoever the you know <laughs> halftime act is who, who will it be that year it'll be I mean, us a couple years epic film guys podcast we'll, we'll be the we'll be we're the doing full halftime we're doing halftime with the super bowl i think we could do it as long as the hopester doesn't show up and ruin the fucking super bowl for everybody <laughs> jesus christ dude dude he'll ruin the entire fucking game remember remember the controversy about janet jackson and the nipple clamp and everything that was the whole thing well imagine that'd be like the hopester that'd be child's play to the hopester he would offend everybody from every walk of life somehow I he would know. dude actually he would he would live actually suck the blood from the penis and the scrotum of a man then he'd put balls in his mouth on live television ladies and gentlemen that's what he would do i i, I want to kind of make a free-for-all give people as much shit or as little shit as you want to for their picks i don't fucking care uh but john what are Let's do all three of your picks, all three of your films, what you'd take to a desert island and why. All right. Well, uh, what I would actually go with would be like... Um, no, John, start saddles. over and start over with words. Ah, <laughs> words and sentences. Words and sentences there. All I, I, all I heard was... So the movies I would actually pick to go with me on a desert island would actually be like uh, Blazing Saddles, mm -hmm. uh, Rush Hour, and the 1990s <laughs> TMNT. <laughs> no! Rush Hour was so Oh my god, my are you kidding me? I want to well, cry. Out so there like the other. <laughs> no. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Oh my god. This is an absurd list. What do we wait? We didn't talk about rush hour. What the Did fuck? Did you make man? this Come list on. after you got drunk? <laughs> Don't you understand no, the words that are coming really out of my like mouth? Rush hour. Oh I God. like Rush Hour too, but I would never take that on a fucking desert island with me. Are you kidding me? Are you insane? I've watched it a lot of times. That's the movie you binge watch right before you build up the courage to kill yourself when you're stranded. Let's be clear. This is not movies that you would leave on a desert island. This is something you have to take with you. So. <laughs> I want, I want to dissect. I want to dissect these picks. Okay, so John, did you make that list before or after explain. you started drinking? I think everybody's pretty much fine with the turtles. Yes, yeah, yes. No, I respect. I think everyone's perfectly yeah. fine with blazing saddles. But are you telling me well, you? Are you trying to put yourself in some kind of fucking purgatory where you have to listen to Chris Tucker for eternity? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. My, my backup choice originally was I was I thought maybe that would be way too like fucking old for to say like I was just gonna continue to use like the secret life of Walter Mitty from 1947. <laughs> and I, I figured everybody would just give me just as much shit, so I was like, ah, I don't give a damn. Captain Marvel is basically a one-woman solution to every problem, so they had to find a way to get rid of her for the majority of the runtime yeah. of the film. That I mean, that's but the that's, logical that's answer. Not what I, that's not what I wanted to see after we just we just, just saw, saw Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, I agree with you, Lysos. I didn't like it either, but that's one hundred percent why because they made her too powerful, and she like she would have just stomped a fucking mud hole in Thanos's plans, and just like the movie would have been over in twenty minutes. <laughs> I know, but like we just spent a whole movie like uh, learning about her character, and then she's completely absent. And well, she, she explains go why. She explains why she says there are plenty I of other planets that don't My have planet you needs there. To be. 
Yeah, well, those my, you said. My planet needs me. Guys, listen, seriously. Captain she, Marvel died on the way back to her home planet. <laughs> Keep quiet. Seriously. Justin, you and have now the shittiest internet connection tea. possible. <laughs> Swear to God. Yeah, you're lagging, Justin. His, his oh, Your really? connection is terrible. Hmm, interesting. It's never happened before, so recently. It's because of this gosh darn streaming you're doing, boy. No, it's not, because mine and the sauces is fine. Damn it. Damn you, Justin. This don't is your fault. Don't look at me, man. <laughs> don't look at me. I don't want to do any streaming at all anyway, so... It doesn't have anything to do with the streaming. I'm the one <laughs> controlling the streaming on my end. How would that have anything to do with it? But we, I've, I never have any other problems any other time, so... Uh, hmm. No, you did, because you, you, you said it was a few months ago now, but you said like a few months ago that you were having internet problems because they messed up, like Cox Internet messed something up with the building there. Or I whatever. heard Cox yeah, and then white noise. They're probably just too much, I mean, with everybody quarantined, it's probably just too much web traffic in the building or something like did that. No, did know. no one get my joke? Okay. I didn't, what? We you know say? you're always thinking about Cox, Loisos. <laughs> Let's make that clear, Okay. We don't need a lisp on this show. We have you. That's a lot of cum. Yeah. And every single person that listens to the show is thinking about the thing in your pants, too. So, I mean, <laughs> who's the I feeling mean, look is at him. Look mutual. at him. There's no way they're not. Just You think that he's got that same, same pattern, like, shaved down by his balls? <laughs> <laughs> he's got that oh little god. goatee. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at his face. Now he's starting to get mad. As we, uh, as we discussed, uh, well, and as you guys saw... When we uh, recorded our kickboxer review, I uh, on my chest I have chest hair in the shape of the bat symbol. That is true. That is true. I have I have Batman's insignia on my chest. As do I, <laughs> but mine is tattooed. I have literally no I have no hair on my chest at all. Literally zero. Bitches can't you, get enough of my stuff. Now we know we know Nick's a hairy motherfucker. I know he has hair on his chest. I've seen him mm. bare chested before, mm -hmm. but. I can't believe that Loisos has more hair in his chest than me. That makes me feel so inferior. I'm not a Justin, man. We I'm all, not a real I, man. We all know that I'm infinitely more masculine than you are. Yes. We've already yes. we've already established this. Yeah, no so. one no one would deny that. <laughs> yes, that's true. No one anywhere ever for any reason whatsoever would ever deny that. Oh boy. I'm super excited though. I'm uh, I'm now so I'm now almost 34 miles into my into my into my uh, challenge to do 100 miles before the live stream for the cure, which uh, as of right now starts just about a month from now. So I've got some I've got some ground to cover, but miles are coming easier. Even though I've been having a little bit of issues with my leg, it's been just a little bit like. Meh. Yeah, I was gonna ask about that. How that was doing. It's, I mean, it's doing well, like my last time I ran, ran, like my first mile was actually sub 13 minutes, which is about a minute and a half faster than it was when I first started doing this. So I'm definitely seeing improvements in my breathing and the amount of time I'm able to run for in my sprinting speed, things of that nature. But it's still a long uphill. It's still a long climb. But I've also like, I mean, people that have listened to us for long enough now know, you know, that I've been doing the whole drop the sugar thing for about a little over nine months now. And my scale actually finally registered under 300 pounds. So hey, congratulations. finally, finally, finally got rid of, of that dreaded three at the front of that number. So now I'm finally sliding my way. I, I hit a point where when I was doing the intermittent fasting and everything and and, you know, transitioning to at home stuff and all this different stuff, you know, my diet wasn't necessarily perfect. It wasn't necessarily as good as it had been, but I've been really, really focusing on what I've been eating and how much I've been eating. Uh, over the past few weeks and everything. And I, I think what I was doing is I wasn't necessarily losing pounds, but I was losing size. I was still losing a lot of inches. And I think my body had to hit a certain point where it lost enough inches. And now weight is starting to come off again. Like now it's starting to actually going to, it's going to start kind of kicking back into poundage coming off. Cause I've yeah, lost that, and the running, so dude, the running is going to help so much, dude. Your body's going to be like, whoa, this is different. It's not used to doing that either. Well, so yeah, that too. the first, the first couple of weeks of you doing that is definitely going to have your body going in like overtime mode. Like, fuck yeah, let's get rid of all this fat. I need this. Now. Hell yeah, man. So I'm all so, about it. I'm gung ho about it. It's great. It's, it's, uh, it feels good. It feels Friday, really, Nick. really good, but I've still got about 65 ish or so. I did three in a little bit, three and change today. So I've got, I've, 
I've, I've still got I've still got an uphill climb, but I'm confident. I'm very, very confident that I can hit the number by the time it's all said and done because I got uh, at a pretty consistent pace as well. I got like almost a five mile run in not this past weekend, but the weekend before where I ran all the way down to like, you know, like that main intersection in Endicott and ran all the way back. Well, we talked about it last week, I think, in the pre-roll too. But Yeah, I just want to make sure, though, you're taking like a weapon with you, right? Because you're running in Endicott. I don't want to see your ass get mugged or like stabbed or maimed or murdered or I got anything. This. I got this, Justin. If I see somebody else approaching me, I just start coughing and they're they're across <laughs> the street, go, dude. They're across the there street in a heartbeat, man. They're they're gone. Like they don't even. Dude, even those yeah, even Oof. those Endicott fucking. I won't even say what I think they are. Even they don't want to die from the COVID. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I just, I'll, 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 I'll get a little bit of a cough in there. I'll get a little bit of a little bit of sniffles, or you know, like, I don't know. I feel a little feverish or something. I'm like, oh, I feel a little flushed or what? Well, you know, they, they're, they're gone, man. They disappear. They didn't, even, they don't even stick around for it. So yeah, no, it feels good. It feels, it feels really, really good. It's, uh, it, it's definitely good progress and. I'm just hoping that I can hit 100 miles by the time live stream for the cure starts, which is, ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching, in the, if you're watching in the stream, and you're not familiar with, uh, you know, what that beautiful neon logo down there in the corner of the screen is all about, and uh, that sauce shirt, the shirt, the shirt that the sauce is wearing, that's what I wanted to say. There he is. Uh, that's from last year's live stream for the cure. Uh, live stream for the cure shirts for this year's event will be on sale. Almost immediately, um, I'm just waiting to hear back from Upstate Merch that the store is live. We got all the information over to him, so it's just kind of a matter of waiting until it gets going. And then shirts will be available for sale for this year's event as well. All proceeds go to the Cancer Research Institute. This year, we are going to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. And we've got 48 hours of content coming from content creators literally around the world. Uh, you know, and we're going to raise an absolute ton of money. So why don't we go ahead? Let's let me let me spin the promo in here for that. And then usually what we'll do before we finish out these pre-rolls is Justin has to talk about wrestling. Now, it's like a thing. I already got it all set up. I'm prepared. It's like man. a I'm thing prepared. we got to do now. So let's get this promo in here and then we'll talk some wrestling. Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. And a huge, huge shout out to Ken Maney of Ocho Duro Parlay Hour made an early donation over on the site. Uh, he made a donation of $50. He ended up covering the fees, so it winds up at about $52.60. So uh, thank you very much, Ken. That's absolutely amazing. So, uh, and by the way, speaking of which, a shout out to Ken and uh, Ocho Duro and all the guys that they're going to have live on the air as well. They are absolutely killing it with how much they're working to promote the event. We've got a lot of people who are really working hard to promote it on their end as well, which is really amazing. We are at $184 in early donations for the event right now, which is absolutely amazing. And that includes a donation from our resident Kaiju expert, Robert Moreno, from our, our buddy Gerald over at 2Ps. And we got an anonymous donation of $28.40. Anonymous donor, you know, whomever you are, thank you so, so much. Uh, for for your donations but yeah mark your calendars ladies and gentlemen may 27th through the 31st 48 hours of live stream content from guests and podcasts around the world it's going to be absolutely amazing we've got a lot of fun things planned a lot a lot a lot of fun content planned and it's going to be a blast and you know what we all need the distraction right now so make sure make sure you tune in but we're gonna we're gonna kick things over to justin so he he's got to always do this thing it's it's like i gotta i gotta come up with like a sound drop or something i gotta get something in here like WWE yes, wise. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, the and, closest and to prepare we've got for this is, you know, we got bone saw. That's the closest we've got right now. Dude, I literally want you to put on the Shawn Michaels fucking entrance music as the intro to this because it's it's literally like I think the best opening entrance music of any wrestler ever. 
I mean, it opens with a chick orgasming, like having an orgasm. It's like, ah, ah, ah. It's amazing. <laughs> I know uh, I'm sexy. Um, it's funny because I get, actually listen to... Can we get the sauce to sing a rendition of that? That would be amazing, dude. Seriously. That's what I need, need to... for my life. Sauce, do you know who Shawn Michaels is? No. He's the heartbreak motherfucking kid, and he's going to super kick your fucking mustache off your face. He's the showstopper, the icon, the loy sauce. It's okay. Yeah, I don't. It's okay. So, so, so to Be prep quiet. for this, I, I basically <laughs> determined that we're going to keep talking about wrestling in the pre-roll from now on. Um, even though I've always known Nick was a fan of wrestling, and I, he kind of knew I was a fan of oh, yeah. like, old wrestling, but we didn't really talk about it much. So I asked all of our our fans, our followers, our friends in the Hopesters dumpster today. I said. Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? And I'm just going to read through some of the people's answers that they gave. Um, Chris Yaney said the big the boss undertaker. Man. Amazing choice. Jared Taylor said the big he's boss not a man. huge wrestling fan, but Andre the Giant. Um, Joey DiCarlo from So Wizard said the CM big boss Punk. Man. Emily, our good friend Emily from the story behind said Mick Foley. Remember, which, she used to yeah. write. Remember, Justin, she used to write for WWE magazine way, way back in the day. What? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, way, way back in the day, a long time ago, she did. Amazing. Yeah. I love our her. friend, our friend Caitlin from Alamo Ashburn Film Club said China, which I love seeing China get some love because when I saw China live in person, she was a fucking sight to see. It was like you know. Just like seeing the ultimate warrior or seeing Stone Cold, like amazing. I'd rather uh, be in China. Yep. Remember that? Remember that? Yep. We talked about uh, that a couple weeks ago, yeah. Tony Dobish said, Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior, in which I replied, only one of them is a real wrestler, but thank you. Um Listen. Listen. <laughs> listen. Chris C said Roddy Piper. Which great fucking choice, going old school there. And uh, uh, he also appeared in Nick's favorite film, They Live. That is correct. Nicholas Daniel had Eddie Guerrero on his list, which I had to shout out that one because Eddie Guerrero Man. was a, one of the best high flyers ever. I lie, I um, cheat, I steal. <laughs> dude went through hell, had some personal problems, but man, he was a good wrestler. Christopher St. Arnold checking in and saying that. Jake the Snake, I even got to meet him one time, and it was awesome. I also met Ric Flair at a Walmart in North Carolina. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish I could meet Ric fucking Flair at a Walmart in North Carolina. Um, I feel Deborah like Ric Kinney Flair said, probably was just hanging out at the Walmart. Like, he wasn't even there to buy anything. He was just there just hanging out. It's entirely possible. Who knows how many fucking beers he had that day. Deborah <laughs> Kinney said The Undertaker, Patrick Sherwood with... With Sting, the Crow Sting, which I know he has a huge fan base, that version of Sting. Um, Dan Brennick said Edge. Ryan O'Neill, there you go, buddy. You picked the best ever, best of all time. Bright Hart. And Kevin Sampson. I, mean, I don't know where this dude is. I made sure to text him and tell him that I missed him because we haven't talked to him in so long. Yeah, we haven't had... on the show in a while either. We're going to have to get him back on. Didn't he, he take had a break? He rock. took a break, though. He took a break, though, for yeah. a while. He had The Rock, which rightfully so, I expected The Rock to show up there. Uh, Gerald, of course, of 2P, said Ric Flair, the fucking nature boy. And if you're watching right now, ladies and gentlemen, if you're over there in the chat and you know, you're know you not somebody who already chimed in over on the Hopesters Dumpster, let us know who your favorite wrestler is. Jump, Dump it over there. We're going we're gonna to continue with wrestler-related content in the group just because it's fun. And it's something different from movies and obviously... There aren't any new movies coming out, and we could talk about wrestling forever. So, this week's matchup. This is what we've been doing every week. I've been giving Rick, Nick. I've been giving Nick two wrestlers, and he has to pick who's going to be the winner, who he thinks is better. And uh, Christian, he actually like posted uh, a wrestling list. Like someone, some article did like the best thirty wrestlers of all time. And you commented back to me that there was a wrestler like sorely missing from that list. And he did some unforgivable stuff. He's now no longer with us, but his talent in the ring is undeniable. Second and none. And yeah. So I'm going to give you two guys and I want to see who you're going to pick. Chris Benoit or Chris Jericho. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. How about that? How about that? Oh, come on. That's a, oh, that, I think that's got to be the toughest matchup yet. That's got it. 
Oh, man. Because, oh. like, I mean... Son of a bitch! I, man. I think personally, they're they're both equally matched in different ways, and that's that's why I really wanted to throw those two together. Oh man! I ah. Th- oh. All right. So, okay, okay. I've got I've got an answer. I've got an answer. It might not be what people expect, um, but I I respect as much as I respect in ring talent. I also respect skill on the mic. And that's why it goes to Y2J, Chris Jericho. Of course. Because yeah. he was great feeling, on the mic. Yeah. He like like t- that does not take anything away from like Benoit was a hell of a wrestler. He always put on an amazing show in that ring. And like I loved watching both of those guys when they were in WCW. Of course, we talked about it a few weeks ago when Jericho first came over to WWE. They had the Millennium Countdown and everything, came out as Y2J with that fucking like lights flashing on his fucking shirt and everything. And now he's at AEW and, you know, Benoit, of course, you know, the whole thing that happened with him. We don't really need to get into that. But, you know, nonetheless, you know, winning the world title in WWE, like he was an absolutely amazing, amazing presence in the ring. So I don't think I don't think in terms of just pure in-ring talent that I can pick one over the other. I think I, I, I can't do it. So I've got to rely on other things and. Jericho is one of the best in the business on the mic. Absolutely one of the best in the business. You have to take promos into consideration when you're picking who's the better wrestler. I mean, when you're talking about someone like Undertaker, obviously that's non-existent because he doesn't do promos or he didn't for the most part. But when you have someone that's so energetic and such a personality, like Jericho really changed the game. He kind of took what was already happening before that and really just leveled it up times a hundred. Break the walls uh, down. Yeah. Oh, but, man. I mean, between the two of them, I always looked forward to seeing them both in the ring and... You know, I appreciate them both. And one of them still fucking doing their thing in AEW. And, you know, that that's major props. If you can continue on your your career for that long. Lois House is laughing. He's laughing at something. Something's funny. Are you getting booty calls based on this? Uh, people are reaching out to you. Certainly not. I'm reading uh, headlines from The Onion. So, oh, apologies. That, that's, I just have that's, no- that's, how, that's how fucking bored the wrestling talk is making this. <laughs> I have okay. nothing to contribute to this discussion. Okay. So. Listen, when this is all over with, I'm going to make you come over here and watch a bunch of fucking wrestling. I watched it, enough of it with my cousin. He was super into that. So we don't, he need, like, then? we don't need to read the onion headlines to get a good laugh. We can just read actual news headlines to get a good laugh these days. We don't need, we don't need, even need the, onion don't even anymore. get me fucking started. It's got my dad even sending me texts of like, a Clorox syringe and laughing. I'm like, if, if if my dad's laughing at that, that means that means this shit is spread everywhere. Listen, the best the best one I saw. I don't want to want to talk about it too much because we were on the wrestling stuff and that's good. Uh, the the best one that I saw, the absolute best one I saw was was uh, that the the Terminator Two video of you know the shot of Sarah Connor when she when she you know shoves the guard against the counter and jams the syringe into that fucking floor cleaner that says poison on it. That blue shit. That. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best <laughs> meme that I saw that that came out of that whole debacle. I absolutely loved that. That was that was hilarious. It's all hilarious to me now. I just it don't even all care hilarious. anymore. No, yeah, I've, I've I've given up. I mean, but at least the memes have been entertainment for us. I haven't had to unfriend anybody on social media, so that's been a thing. I think, you know, I don't know. Loisos is he's got lots to say about this, but. I, uh, we should just move on. Yes, movies. Oh, I, wrestling, I, I, daddy. All, all I, facial all, hair. All I can, all I can say is, I hope whoever's listening to this is is staying inside and washing their hands and self isolating. And please stay safe. Keep you following and the safe. advice of yeah, following the advice of medical health uh, experts. Don't take the wrong advices. But uh, yes. Please don't do things like this. He said that he sucked the blood from the penis and put the balls in his mouth. <laughs> Which is funny. I found one of the original. So when I was cutting EFG history clips for last week's show, ladies and gentlemen, I did find one of the original versions of that drop, which is 
I, I don't I can't remove this one from the soundboard though because it's be, just because Justin loses it at the end of it it makes it even better so you can't I, I don't think I could ever remove this one from the soundboard for any any other really no it's iconic at this point I mean I also, mean that and <sighs> fun trivia fun trivia well I was recording I did I did another series of EFG Nick and I with Paul from the countdown which were which was really really amazing I made him watch sideways and dream girls two of my absolute oh. favorite movies ever and he made me watch Miller's Crossing which is an early Coen Brothers movie and he watched, made me watch uh, Evil Dead 2 which I've never seen before I've never seen any of those movies in that series so uh, that was a lot of fun to watch uh, you know all those movies and whatnot but he did don't not speak know to me. don't speak to me what happened what don't speak to me how dare you watch an Evil Dead movie for someone else other than me <laughs> and how yes, dare you watch and how dare My you asshole watch sore. So, yeah. And how dare you watch Evil Dead 2 without having seen Evil Dead 1? See, he didn't know. Paul didn't know that this was actually Loisos. Now you're going to die. He thought that was Justin. Now you're going to die. I mean, I guess I'm just so used to hearing it and I just know it's Loisos that, that I just That sounds Well, actually, it could sound slightly like the lisp, and I know when Paul became a big hey. friend of the show. The Lisp was on here a lot. So He's been around that whatever. long. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. That's a compliment. The Lisp had a beautiful voice. Don't you dare ever talk down about them. <laughs> Don't talk bad about him. Don't talk down to him. Don't make him come back. Emily okay? wants him to come back still, I think. Emily misses him. I miss him too. Dick last night. Emily. <laughs> inappropriate can't can't keep her out of here she's she's insatiable she's been reading if you guys are listening to this i don't know when this will come out but this won't come out in time for it this week but she's been doing over in her group uh the story behind discussion group over on facebook every tuesday she's recording an audiobook version of her book that she did the story behind books she's doing an audio and she's doing it live over in her in her group every tuesday so head over to her group every tuesday and you can hear her read through a few chapters it's really really fun to interact with i mean she's just one of the most amazing people on the planet anyway so she's got that going for her but you just get to have fun interacting with her and just hearing her read her read her book so it's really really fun so go check it out plus she's always been an amazing amazing supporter of the show and we absolutely absolutely adore her we do we love her very very much if you ever get the opportunity to see her, meet her in person, have a drink with her, I highly recommend it. She's the coolest person ever. Danny's going to spank you with the belt now. You need to take her up on that once all this shit goes over and ends because... Oh, I've been talking to her about it. Or, well, yeah, yes. I did talk to her about it once already. Saucy's hung out. Yeah. Yeah. So It's lovely. You know who else is lovely? The sauce. Yes. Can we He's just, all right. I just want to stare at his beard for the rest of the episode. Can we just? I was gonna, yeah. There you're. Zo- all right. I was gonna say, there's no way to zoom. Yes, there it is. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Bitches can't get enough of my stuff. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, there. I mean, you just. Like I don't, I can't stand up right now. I feel like somebody would see things. Like you know, we probably get banned from Twitch. Or whatever. I feel like we're going to get banned from Twitch anyway. Like, Loisos is just too sexually provocative. Like, they're just like, you can't have someone this sexual on a stream. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, you know, or granted, I mean, you got like all these ASMR girls and stuff with the titties out and everything. But Nick, I feel like you're making fun of me. What? Why would you think <laughs> I'm making fun of you? All I've been telling you is how attractive you are with that beard. I mean it. You're not allowed to shave it ever. If you ever shave it, we're kicking you off the show and we're locking <laughs> you. We are chaining you to Tommy Wiseau's radiator again until it grows back. <laughs> you're, ne- you're never allowed to shave it. You look so goddamn sophisticated. <laughs> you're D'Artagnan now. You're an extra in a Three Musketeers movie. Like, things are happening. We love you. No, I'm not making fun of you. I really, I honest to God, I really love the beard. Because now I can't make... Now I can't make Lois Sauce's five years old jokes anymore because now you just look way too suave and sophisticated. Look like a man. 
He went from a young boy to a man. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, is that it? Are we done with? Are we done with the pre-roll stuff? We got. I think we got. We enough are in there. done. We are done. My drink's over. My, it's finished. It's oh, that over. Means, that it's means, gone. That means we must be done. So wrestling, I picked Jericho. I picked Jericho. So so more wrestling. I'm not surprised there. Yeah, I'm not surprised there. Um, we're mm-hmm. going to keep doing these matchups every week. And obviously there's no shortage of wrestlers. You know, I was I was thinking about doing like something like Papa Shango versus Yokozuna. And I'm like, no, that's too boring. I wanted to throw I wanted to throw some big Van Vader in there, but the big no. boss man. Big boss man. What about uh um House is gonna mention the only wrestler he knows. <laughs> 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 um Hornswoggle? I, I don't <laughs> I think he brings up Hornswoggle every goddamn week. I'm pretty sure he brings up Hornswoggle every time. I just like saying his name. Uh you just like his well, name because it has the word horn in it. Mm. Or um, Chavo. I love Chavo. <laughs> Let's get ready to suck it. Man. Yeah, there's so many. There's there's so much more good conversation to have there. But ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the pre-roll. Once again, as long as hashtag canon quarantine rolls on, as long as we are quarantined, so too shall the pre-roll, which normally we reserve for our patrons at a dollar and up. And of course, those of you watching in the live stream, even though whatever that happens, but you know, it's normally reserved for our patrons at the $1 level and up. You can get on there and you can get access to all of the past pre-roll stuff. And eventually it will move back over to Patreon once quarantine and everything ends. But we just wanted to give you guys a little bit more entertainment, give you guys a little bit more that you can tune into, that you can listen to and, you know, just bend your ears around even more stuff. And we really, really hope that you're enjoying the random wrestling talk and all the other random shit that we talk about here in the pre-roll. But stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Hashtag Canon Quarantine rolls on over in the main show. We are going to be talking about Masters of the Universe. Dolph Lundgren, Frank Langella, Monica Geller. We're going to get it on. We're going to talk about everything. So for myself... For Justin, for the beautiful, amazing. I'm not making fun of you, Lois Sauce, I swear. I really, <laughs> you have to keep the beard. You're way, way, way too goddamn sexy now. I want to see Kid get stabbed. Also that. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you guys thank- for listening. Thank you guys for stopping yes. by. And thank you, chat. Thank you, everybody that's watching on the live stream right now. Uh, we're live streaming basically the only reason we ever live stream the show. It was, I would like to do it more often if I had a better setup, but at the very least, leading up to live stream for the cure, it's important for me to start stress testing stuff, for me to start testing levels of everything, making sure I've got everything leveled. So that way, when we get to the day, everything is perfect. Everything is already set, and we're not constantly kind of trying to figure everything out. Now you're going to die. Exactly. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you over on the main 